focusing on John 15, verses 12 to 15, and the theme here is the friendship of Jesus. And I think we'll probably spend maybe three labs on this text because of how precious it is and how much I want to grow in this, and I'd love for you to join me. No longer do I call you slaves. I have called you friends. So there are the stunning statements that you and I want to hear spoken over us by the Lord of the universe more than anything. So, Father, I pray that as we focus on this passage, you will cause us to see what it is to be your friends and so be thrilled and satisfied and emboldened in our lives for it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think we're going to take three sessions, and so I just have one question to ask And uh, let me read the first two verses and uh, show you the kind of question it is and where the question comes from and why it's a problem question and, in a sense, shouldn't even be asked. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, so far, very familiar, nothing to stumble over there, at least not for me. It's huge, and there's much um, difficulty in it, but... He has said that before in chapter 13, and so it's not new, but here comes something that um, stopped me in my tracks and made me raise a question. Greater love has no one than this. So he's talking about the love that he had had. I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. And my knee-jerk reaction was to say, whoa, 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 shouldn't this read enemies? Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his enemies. Isn't loving enemies a greater love than loving friends? Now, that question illustrates how all of us come to a text with preconceptions about what an author is trying to say as soon as we begin to read. And we must uh, expose our preconceptions to what is really there by testing them. Now, let me make the problem just a little little harder so you can f- see why I might have come with that preconception. If you go to Romans 5... Paul says, while we were still weak, we were still weak. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. So we're weak, we're ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. So that's not very likely, but somebody might, scarcely might. Though perhaps for a good person, one might dare even to die, but... God shows his love, his love, 
different from the love that might die for a righteous person, a little more likely might die for a good person, but God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners or still sinners, Christ died for us. So isn't the point here that the love of God goes up to the extent that the object of his love goes down in merit or desert? So there's, there's one kind of love that would die for a righteous person or, let's say, good person. A little, little greater love would die for a righteous person, and a really great divine-type love would die for a sinner. So that's the way the, the argument is going here. And so I brought that conceptuality in my head as I read uh, John fifteen thirteen. Greater love has no one than this that he laid down his life for his friends. And I imported that conceptual framework onto this verse. You see what I did? And I said, well, that doesn't work. No, no, surely this should be enemies. So I was thinking that Jesus was thinking on a continuum of, of greater to lesser, and at one end of the continuum is enemies, and at the other end is friends, and since greater, back in Romans 5, means die for enemies, then this, is, this text isn't right. Well, it is a wonderful thing to have a view of the Bible that says, no, I'm, I'm always wrong when I disagree with the text. The text is never wrong. God did not say something false here, and therefore I need to reevaluate my conceptuality. So when I stepped back and said, is there another way to read this that would make it perfectly normal, natural, true? And it hit me, oh, there's, he's not even thinking on this continuum. He's thinking on another continuum, namely at this end is lay down life. And at this end, say something like um, give cup of water. So, which is greater love for a friend? Greater love for a friend, cup of cold water, or lay down your life? And see, oh, I brought the assumption to the text that greater here was being measured by the quality of the object of the love, when in fact, greater here is being measured by the price of the love, namely, lay down your life. So the first correction for John Piper had to be, and it's a glorious one. I mean, the other, the, the mistake I was making is a glorious truth elsewhere in the Bible, but there's a, there's a truth here, and the truth here is, if you are my friend, which we'll get to later, if you're my friend, I love you with the greatest love possible. Greater love has no one than this. Namely, I pay the ultimate price for you. So the stress is not that I'm his enemy here. The stress is that he is sacrificing the greatest possible gift he has to give for me, namely his life.